You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy. So, hey, Keds, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Welcome to this episode of The Happiness Hub podcast. We are, I'm Liz and you are? Kedron. Uh, shortly, we are going to be int- introducing Emma Deshu from Inspired Learning. And Emma's going to be talking about uh, how you can improve your mental well-being and resilience, um, not just during lockdown, but any time, especially if you're in the workplace. So look forward to that. What have you been up to this week, Kedders? What have I been up to this week? I've been out for a couple of runs this week because I had a few days off from your main job, which has been nice, doing a bit of self-care. Oh, good, well done. How far can you run? Uh, did six miles this morning. <gasps> That's, is that 10k yeah oh my god that's amazing it, it wasn't quick I'm not as quick as I used to be I don't I'm not doing it as regularly as I, as I have been before but it's been such a gorgeous day this morning I just needed to get out and have a bimble rank on yeah, very good now I shall uh need some inspiration really to I've started the well I haven't started all I've done is download the app the couch to 5k app well that's the first step that is the first step, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting here looking at it. So after this call, I will I will have a good old read through it. But our friend Steph um, suggested that I downloaded it and gave it a go. Right. Well, when we can, when I can come over and see you, I'll drag you out for a run. Yes, that'll be a good idea. I shall like that. Um, what else have you been up to this week then? What have we been up to? Well, I had a very nice start to the day today. We, as the Nantwich Buddies, picked up an award. Yeah. And that was for from the Cheshire East um, team, diversity, safeguarding, and children and adults safeguarding and dignity awards. And that's gone out to all of the buddies for being fabulous buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was this morning. I've been working. We hosted a really good self-employment event on uh, Wednesday night with the Cheshire Warrington Let, which is my day job. And this event was um, all about meeting 12 different self-employed people. In fact, Emma, who we're going to meet, was one of them. And we had lots of young people. It was pitched at 40, at 16 to 24 year olds, all interested in setting up their own business. And it was really, really good. We had 60 participants and lots of really good, interesting questions being asked. So that was a real motivator and um this week so i i was on the team that organized that so i did enjoy that uh next week we've got uh, part two of the boot camps the self-employment boot camps so next wednesday afternoon we are doing a business toolkit so we're gonna we've got three speakers one's going to talk about business planning one's going to talk about um the entrepreneurial mindset and uh, then we're going to go on to social media. Oh, and we've also uh, put in another one as well. Uh, so social media is an extra one. Um, and then we're going to just literally help people, help young people get their business started. So if anyone's listening and they know a 16 to 24 year old that would like to join, then if they drop us a line through this uh, podcast, I'll get them booked on. Unfortunately, I'm a bit old to be uh, in that category. <laughs> Thinking yeah. about starting my own business up. Yeah, but um I can tell, I can secretly share the information with you to, to help you. Um, we had another interesting yeah. meeting on Monday night as well, didn't we? With our lovely Ben. Oh yes, exciting yeah. times, more more developments. We um, we have received a grant from the police commissioner. Thank you very much, uh, and that is to um, organise a pilot for our Happiness Hub app. So how cool is that? We're working with Ben, the lovely Ben Stubbs, who's a 
a past presenter on Redshift. And he's been on our uh, Happiness Hub podcast. Oh, yes, he has, hasn't he? Yeah, Yeah, indeed. Well, that's where the idea came from, wasn't it? Before Christmas, we had that idea to to work with him on this. So, so yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, We're we're calling it Happy Happy, I think. (laughs) We haven't had any other better ideas. I like happy happy and we've come up with like lots of uh things to do every day haven't we so like yeah. a motivational Monday and I think you came up with most of the what we got we got my was it my motivational Monday I can't remember them now we'll have to we'll have to review it all properly next Wis- wisdom Wednesday wisdom Wednesday with your motivational quote selfie Saturday uh self-care fun Friday but fun Friday yeah yeah so we've got lots of different things planned Ben's um a coach himself He's going to be helping us with mindfulness, with gratitude, um, with resilience, all manner of things. And, and you and I are doing some bits and pieces as well with NLP and, and coaching. So, yeah, it's going to be really good. We are looking for people to come and get involved in the app. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we're going to put some details on our website and Facebook page about how people can do that in due course. I caught up uh, with Jan earlier this week as well, who's on our podcast um, last week from Harbour and uh-huh. they've started their wellness course, 12 week course, I think mm-hmm. it is that they're running on Thursday. So yesterday, and um, I, we've been sharing some of it on, a, uh, on our channels. So I just wanted to see if she was okay. And she goes, yeah, we're fully booked. We've had a, a great response to that. So they're, they're running there. So I hope we shall have success with ours as well. Yeah. I'm quite looking forward to it. No, I'm looking forward to it. an interesting way of delivering it with an app that people can check in on every day. I'm looking forward to that. So shall we introduce our guest? Yes, I think we should do. over to our guest now and we are still on zoom we're still recording to the cloud and the only difference really from last week is that the sun is now shining and it's glorious here in Nantwich and I think it's okay with you isn't it Kedrin over in Congleton as well oh yeah it's lovely lovely day today lovely spring day excellent indeed well, it's great to introduce our next guest, Emma Deschew from Inspired Learning. Uh, I've known Emma for a, a while now, but really only properly connected in the last few months, really. Uh, Emma supported the, the role I do at the Pledge, so helping young people with, um, well, ideas and inspiration about self-employment. That was an event we ran last week, which was brilliant. So thank you for taking part in that. But you also do a lot of things around the, the well-being, mental health, well-being, resilience, coaching with businesses and individuals. So Emma, just tell us a bit about yourself. Yes, well, first of all, thank you very much for um, inviting me onto this podcast. Um, So in terms of what I do, I've um, had my business now for about, well, it'll be three at the beginning of April and um, really wanted to set the business up to inspire as many people as possible uh, to be happy in predominantly in their work life that's kind of I, I, I focus mainly in the corporate space and um, I also specialize mainly in management and leadership development so I'm really passionate about inspiring managers to be the best that they can be lead their teams in the best way that can be so that they're happy and also their teams are happy And so, as you can imagine, uh, more so over the space of the last 12 months, um, the shift has very, very much been towards supporting them in a resilience and mental health capacity. And um, again, something else that I've been passionate about, because I've I've managed teams 
right the way from three to 23 to 75. And, you know, I, and that was a long time ago. And I remember, you know, mental health wasn't spoken about as much as what it is now. And going home at the end of the day, feeling really frustrated when people in my team are opening up to me and disclosing things, then I feel that I don't really have the remit to support them and not really knowing where to signpost them to. So something I'm really passionate about now is making sure that we are educating managers, we're giving them the awareness and the support that they need to be able to support their teams. Right. What does that look like, Emma? What kind of things do you advise your managers for, for help with colleagues or, or their employees, but also for themselves, I guess, as well? Yeah, and that's something that I really focus on first and foremost is it's about looking after yourself, putting your own mask on first and just really making sure that you're at your optimum health to be able to serve and lead lead your team because that's what you're there for ultimately so we, there's very much a focus on what you do to look after yourself your own health but then also um i think one of the key things that i'm finding at the moment especially because i work with a lot of managers that are managing virtual teams is um they find it really hard to get past the how are you question Mm -hmm. and you know and especially when it is virtual and you might only be speaking to that individual for 30 for a quick 30 minutes you're probably not getting as many signs and symptoms that maybe things aren't quite right because you can't Mm -hmm. see them for you know seven eight hours a day Mm -hmm. um it's very easy for that person to just say yeah I'm fine put that mask on for 30 minutes maybe the manager's got a bit of an inclination that some things aren't quite right but they just kind of skim over it then and go okay if you're fine let's carry on let's talk about work Mm -hmm. so it's about just making making managers comfortable enough to open up maybe ask some other questions and also in the best way they can because we know it's 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 hard to maybe spot the signs but what some of the indicators are that might lead them to prompting further questions and um you know trying to really understand but also being approachable as a manager and and not just jumping onto a zoom call and talking about work straight away and getting into a a set agenda it's about actually you know encouraging people to be able to bring their whole selves to work and asking some personal questions just about you know how are you getting on how's your day been how's your week been how's the family empathy right now it's a trait that I've spoke about for many years as a manager is important to have but it's more important than it's ever been. And something I say around empathy is that people will remember and more inclined to remember how you made them feel than what you said. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, and that empathy side, again, it's something that we talk about in the programs to just get, get people's awareness of how, if they've not experienced any mental health, you know, poor mental health before, just really trying to understand the best way they can to put themselves in their their shoes Mm. I think the other thing is because I'm from a corporate background and so I've been managed by (laughs) lots of different people and and managed a a very small team of my own as well but it's finding that right balance as well isn't it and being able to do what you can do with with that individual in the time that you've got because you've still got the pressures of work but also then knowing where else that they can go to get help I was very fortunate because I was thinking about this before we came on the call today that the first time that I had counselling in my adult life was through healthcare that's provided me uh, by Barclays and fortunate for me they paid for it. it was part of their health scheme but also it was very good counselling as well and you know what it's surprising how many organisations I work with that pay for 
an EAP scheme mm-hmm. um, that the employees don't know that it's there, that it's available. And it's just crazy because it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant resource, like you said, for, um, for counselling and for any other support that they might need. But so that's one of the first things I always pick up with a client when they ask me to um, cover any of these sessions is, you know, do you have an employee assistance programme in place that I can mention in the sessions and and so I do and there's just so many people that you can see they're kind of writing down the details because they just didn't know it, it was there yeah how do people know that they've got that how do employers know is that something they buy into is it something that they are is it is it a support that they can access yeah so normally um it should just be something that um is accessible that is somewhere hidden on on the intranet that's available that you know these wonderful intranets you only know what you know that's on there and to look you know to look for it so tends to be what i find is in the hr section um for people to look at there's other businesses I work work with that it's in their employee handbook and things like that and it's probably something that you you know your employee handbook how often do you do you pick that up and 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 read through it and look at everything so it's a good thing to ask isn't it when you look for a job or you start a job with someone or or like you know anyone listening to this if you're going through a hard time certainly go and ask your employer if they can they can help and support I know our our team leader um at the pledge we've We've worked really, really hard. We've worked very, very productively and effectively over over lockdown, but we have put in the hours and we have we've delivered some great projects and things. But there have definitely been times where pinch points where, you know, more than one or two members of the team have worked really hard on a particular project. and, And we've all just gone, oh, my goodness me, thank goodness we've got through that. And more recently, I think, it, you know, our conversations have become a little bit more relaxed and it's a bit more like, let's not talk about work. It's, it's Friday. Let's wind down. And, and I've really enjoyed those conversations because you can get, you know, some of our team members that don't ever put their cameras on have suddenly started putting their cameras on on Friday just because they, they feel like they want to interact more and stuff. And um, yeah, you do need to do that. It's so easy to just brush, like you say, brush everything under the carpet and or under the keyboard and and pretend you're okay for that half hour team meeting each day. Mm, absolutely. And I think our, our home life and work life, especially for people that you know work from home, those lines, those the, the the lines have been very much more blurred together. You know, you're at home, you're working at home, and mm. something else I, I I work with people on is is that how do you have that switch off? Because mm. I'm finding people are really missing the commute, and not from a yeah, yeah. traffic on the M6 yeah. on a Friday night or on a crowded train. It's it's just missing that time to. I think we didn't realize how much we utilize that time to yeah. decompress from the day and just switch yeah. off. Um, and so I talk about you know creating a fake commute so I think what a lot of people are doing is is just carrying on working they think well this is the time I'd normally be in the car so I'll carry on for another hour where actually probably more important more beneficial to maybe go for a walk for an hour instead so absolutely I've been trying my commute is literally up the stairs and sometimes I come home and it's yeah my husband normally gets in about between half six and, and quarter to seven and so, of course, it's dark. Well, the amount of times I've literally come downstairs to a house in darkness because I've not been down all day long or since yeah lunchtime. And I'm trying to come down before he gets home just so that, you know, the house feels a bit more welcoming. But I'm, I'm breaking from, from work before he comes in. Otherwise, I'm just yeah tied to the computer and then kind of just dazed and confused about what to say. Got no, no, got no conversation left in me. <laughs> which I probably think he quite enjoys actually. (laughs) 
It can be quite tiring, can't it? Especially at the moment when you're spending an awful lot of time on Zoom and talking to people, it requires a different sort of concentration of safety yeah. talking to somebody face to face, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think something else that we don't really think about is that subconsciously when we're having a conversation with somebody face to face, our brain is working to uh, recognise the body language rather than the mm. words and tone. And, and so... Um, because that's happening subconsciously, it's not something that we think about. And it, so that's quite easy to do when we're face to face with somebody. And it's something that's just naturally happening in the brain. Whereas when we're then having to communicate with people over Zoom, our brain's almost working 10 times harder mm. to to pick up on the body language of the bit that we can actually see of someone. So that's a lot of where that Zoom fatigue comes from. So in terms of what you do and how you do it, obviously it's all gone virtual now, but what are you hoping to do now going forward? Are you enjoying the virtual side of things? Do you want to get back into the workplace or is that going to, have you found you've added some new new offerings and new tools? Yeah, do you know what? It's going to be very interesting to see what the appetite is from businesses. And, uh, you know, a lot of businesses I speak to that are looking at a hybrid approach of half and half and flexibility, whether to be in the office or not. Um, and so I'm probably going to be steered by, you know, what the clients are requesting. Mm. I think for me personally, from a selfish point of view, the thought of all the traveling that I used to do, as much as I used to love it, now that I've had that 12 month yeah. break, it's kind of like, you know, the thought of carting all my training materials and my overnight bags and to stay away for two nights. And also, you know, I set this business up because I wanted to inspire more people across more businesses rather than just working for one business. Um, and now I can do... I'm reaching out to so many more people mm. than, you know, traveling somewhere, maybe three hours on the train to a group of 12 people um, for one full day. Now I'm fitting in maybe uh, three virtual sessions in one day that's got, you know, 12 people on it. Mm. Um, but also I've been delivering webinars globally now um, that, you know, from my little office in Nantwich in Cheshire you know <laughs> I'm delivering a webinar reaching out to I think the biggest I've had is about 550 people that mm. uh, you know in America Australia China India wow. France Italy all at the same time and Amen. for me that just you know that's where I get my satisfaction from because that's yeah. why I set the business up in the first place so how have, how have you got that kind of interaction is that because is that one big global company that you're working with they've got offices everywhere or is that actually lots of people around the world logging in yeah it tends to be the same company so that right. that instance yeah it was a, a global company that mm-hmm. um you know puts on a series of webinars and so some of them are logged on at home some of them that are in the offices um have me on a big screen and they all watch at the same time so right. yeah it's just great to be able to you know i think in one day i did two of those um so you talk to you know over a thousand people in one day i never would have been able to do yeah, that yeah yeah face-to-face how do you find the the whole mental health and resilience um agenda in other countries you know where do we where does where does the uk kind of fall with other other countries particularly in the workplace um interesting i've not really thought about that before before um i think from the countries i i've dealt with it's it's very similar Mm. um i've not really there's not really anything i can think of that's kind of really stood out to say you know that's different I know obviously there's 
there's countries that we say you know is the happiest country to 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 live in but um yeah i think i mean i've been doing a lot of work with companies in india um and saudi and i'd say you know i i'm i've not really seen much of a difference with because it is something that we are this pandemic is something that we are dealing with globally so the challenges yeah. are, are still there yeah Absolutely. We did um, our podcast, didn't we, Lizzie, a little while ago about um, self-care and we did it while we were having a bit of a pamper. But that came out of something that you you were running, wasn't it, Emma? And, and Liz was attending. Was that right? Yeah. So White Ribbon, who um, have a uh, three boutiques in Cheshire area, um, asked me to actually do a live on their page. So they do a, a brilliant live every single day. Um, they have uh, lots of followers on there that they talk about the new clothes that are coming into the boutique. But they wanted to do something a bit different. Um, and I think their customers find their lives a real switch off to be able to just, you know, do have a bit of retail therapy and, and do that at the same time. So they really wanted to kind of widen that out a little bit. So they asked me to do um, something on well-being. And um, something I was talking about on there was just rather than focusing on, you know, the fact that we're stuck in our homes, we can't really go out anywhere, we can't do much. And there's lots of things that we may be missing actually our energy is much better uh, utilized by focusing on things that we can do rather than what we can't do and so the example that you were talking about is um the fact that one thing i was missing that really makes me happy um and i really do for my well-being is is go on a spa day i love my spa days and um you know i'm itching to go to the new one um the Carden <laughs> park spa i cannot wait to go to that and so i've not been on a spa day for you know over over 12 months and um i just thought you know what that's something that i'm really missing so why not just turn my house into a spa for the day you know and don't get me wrong I, you know i know i live in cheshire but i'm not a cheshire housewife i don't have a pool <laughs> i don't have a sauna that kind of thing but again it's not about focusing on what i haven't got it's focusing about what i can do mm-hmm. um and so i just for a, a, one sunday i just did as much as i could around the house to make sure i really you know pampered myself for the day i had my breakfast and lunch with the types of food that I would have when I go on a spa day so lots of fresh fruit in the morning a smoothie that kind of thing and then had lots of kind of every device in in my house had spa music playing from YouTube <laughs> and um, just really you know relaxed for the day and just really kind to myself and um, yeah so I was talking about that on that session and it's really inspired other people and I love other people that have done it that have got children that did it with yeah. their, you know their children for the day and you know, it's just something that I think we should take that time to do. And when it comes to self-care, um, you know, I didn't decide to do that because I wasn't feeling great and I was struggling with my mental health. But and I think that's what sometimes we do is we leave it too late yeah. and we think we get to a point of burnout and we're not mm-hmm. feeling great. And we go, right, I must do some self-care. And it's we shouldn't see it as it's something that we must do and that we mm-hmm. need to get to a point where we need to do it. It's about being proactive with our self-care. And if we can do that and make it just a part of our daily, you know, weekly routine in our lives, then it shouldn't ever get to the point where we feel that we need it because we yeah. just it's just part of what we do. Yeah, no, it's true. Last week, weren't we, of our guest, um, Liz, uh, with Jan was saying about it, like it's more of a prevention sort of thing when you feel like maybe you are feeling a little bit wobbly. It's thinking, right, well, what can I do now to help with my mental health before I get into like a crisis mm-hmm. or mm. into depression and anxiety? 
Um, talking about doing the spa days as well, um, I think there was a few things on YouTube. And during the first lockdown, there was a Scottish couple who were really missing going out for a meal to celebrate their anniversary. So they did the whole thing where they had their living room set up like a restaurant. I think they got their kids to do be the waiter and the waitress to show them into the restaurant, <laughs> restaurant and serve them the wine and everything. And it just made it a little bit special, but got the whole family involved. I think that's lovely. I think it's yeah. been brilliant. Some of the, especially people with, well, any birthday, but a lot of those people that have had special birthdays or mm. special anniversaries, yeah, they've had amazing times. They've 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 set up gazebos on the drive, and people have come by, and they've all gone balloon mad or baked cakes, and and, and you know, there's been some wonderful things shown on like just my Facebook thread of friends and what they've managed to achieve because it's not, you know, they're not able to do anything else. And I think it's great that you know, people have been able to be creative and. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I was 40 in December and, um, you know, we did the whole thing, set, had a nice meal, set the table up as though we're in a restaurant. And my mum's my, uh, my, my birthday is actually on the same day as mine. Oh. Um, so she came um, in the morning and um, her and my stepdad held a banner up as I kind of walked out the front door. <laughs> you know social distance and before they arrived because I obviously knew they were coming I put a bottle of champagne and two glasses at the end of the path so they had that. <laughs> so we just stood outside and had a bottle of champagne yeah, great. Um, it's great and uh, got on with the day but yeah it's just um like you say I think people are being a lot more creative and I think it shows that you don't have to spend lots of money to celebrate you know it, it, and I think sometimes we just plow money into celebrations where actually there's it's yeah. the thought that's behind it that counts definitely yeah. i think there's been a lot of money <laughs> money saved in the in that on that score mm-hmm. so your husband did he take part in the um the spa day it sounded like he was going to was he fully embracing of it yeah my partner he got involved yeah absolutely so yeah. uh we just both chilled out for the day and the, well the dogs loved it the spa music as well <laughs> They got involved. I said, <laughs> get the pets involved, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I said to my husband, oh, I've got this idea. I'm going to do a spa day. Do you might see a spa day at the weekend. And he was like, um, well, um, I'll, I'll have a spa a couple of hours, but not a whole day. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, okay then. And when I said, you're not allowed to put the telly on, <laughs> that was it. He was like, nah, not having it. <laughs> I bet Jasper had been up for it though. You could pam- you could have pampered Jasper. Jasper would have liked, let yeah. I could have fiddled around and stroked. He's down here now. Hello, Jasper. Yeah, it could have ch- stroked his paws and uh, given him a groom. Definitely. Well, but- I've got a cat, and every day is a spa day. For the yeah. <laughs> it usually is for cats, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, very good. And so, what are you looking for? You talked about that. Yeah, you don't really know yet whether you're entering a, this hybrid version of of what you do. But what generally. COVID aside and your business model, what are your hopes and dreams for for your business and and inspired learning? Well, I mean, one of the things that I've definitely realised, you know, over the last 12 months, like you said, COVID aside, is that I can now work from absolutely anywhere in the world that I want to. So, you know, it's um, something that me and my partner have definitely thought about in the future. Um, I I am half French, hence my surname. Um, And so that might be something that we look at doing is actually moving. um, Exciting. Doing that. So, you know, it's just something that it just you think very differently with what's gone on in the last 12 months. And you just think, you know, life's too short and, we can now work from anywhere and that's something that we wouldn't have thought about yeah. before when you know my clients are in the UK 
mainly and you know you have to have to stay and you've got kind of the ties from that but now I can do it anywhere um, I've also got a team of associates now so um, it means that I can widen uh, what the business offers in terms of topics so I've purposely uh, worked with associates that do have some different skill sets to me I am a mental health first aider and yes you know I, I deliver the mental health and resilience topics but I'm not accredited to, to deliver mental health first aid so I have somebody that does that so we can offer the mental health first aid training now um, have a sales trainer somebody that does personality profiling so that's kind of you know for me I can only fit so many days in uh, work working in terms of the training myself so it's about growing the business in that way so we've got more trainers on board so look at your website, leadership development and self-development, self-awareness, leadership change, uh, managing remote teams, coaching for performance. Are these the sort of um, workshops that you'll you'll be delivering to a group, to a, a business? Yes. Or, yeah. And then self-development, are they the one-to-ones? Yeah. So it could be self-development within a business because they're, you know, I train people within businesses that aren't necessarily managers, um, but also individuals. So I do a lot of one-to-one coaching as well, but also I do some work and I tend to do these workshops towards the end of the year or beginning of the year, just because that's where people's heads are at. But I do vision board workshops. Oh yeah. What's a vision board workshop? Yeah, so it's kind of a goal setting and vision board workshop where um, I used to do them face to face, where we get together, think about how to set goals in the first place, maybe get some clarity on goals, how to prioritize which ones to work on, um, how to create action plans around that. And um, and then what we do is just get crafting with and making our own vision board. Um, because, you know, something I'm, I am passionate about when it comes to vision boards is that there's a lot of people that talk talk about manifesting and what it is what your dreams and goals are and I think for people that maybe haven't looked into it as much and don't understand uh, what that means they kind of think that they're going to cut out a nice picture pop it on a board they can put the board away in the wardrobe and under the bed and it will miraculously <laughs> happen just because you've stuck it onto a board um, you know, the universe is going to bring it to me in some sort of way where actually there's more of a science behind it you know in terms of how the brain works so visualization techniques they work for the likes of athletes who will you know visualize mm-hmm. winning a race for example um, and so it's a about visualizing what it is that you want to achieve what good looks like so you know I get people to begin with the end in mind fast forward to what that's going to look like and visualize that and then put that onto the board but your brain can't tell the difference whether you're looking at that every day on a board or whether you're looking at that in real life so what you're kind of doing is tricking the brain into believing that that's what your life looks like already mm-hmm. um, and so because that the more you you see that and visualize it your brain thinks that that's what you're doing already so then you start to create habits and actions that believe that you're already doing that in the first place so you know it's it's so for example if you're looking to lose weight and be healthy you know it's about putting things on that board like fresh fruit vegetables because that's what your life's going to look like for example if you want to go down that healthy route so by looking at that your brain thinks that they're the kind of things you're already eating so 
subconsciously when you go to the supermarket the habits that you start to create they're the types of food that you crave and that you pick Mm -hmm. up in the supermarket and so like I said I I think that's why I'm passionate about doing these vision board workshops too for people to understand that science behind it and how it works so it's about putting it somewhere prominent like on your office wall that your brain is subconsciously picking up because it's somewhere that you are every day and you can Mm -hmm. see it yeah I, I believe that there's a there's a lot of um fact in that I used to um, be a swimming world consultant I haven't talked about swimming world for a little while have I Liz on the podcast yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was just even little things like I had a member who uh came in one week and we were like how's your week gone she goes oh, it's been really good this week I says what have you been doing this week to help you with your weight loss and she goes I've unfollowed all of the social media accounts that uh, are posting pictures of lovely cakes and biscuits and sweet treats that are not going to be any good for my diet and she says the fact that she's not seeing it it's not going into her brain you know it's not making her think about those things and taking that virtual visual temptation out of the equation straight away and they even say even things like um like games you can play there's like a game called uh i can't remember it's some sort of chef game and you work in a restaurant you have to put together the orders but there are always things like burgers and things like that but they're saying you know even just taking away those things or watching adverts about stuff can have a big impact on how you're thinking and what you're seeing and what you're craving too really interesting yeah absolutely and what you're doing there is changing your paradigm and changing your map of the world because you know Mm. our brain only picks up so much so much information at any one time and the rest of it that's not important to us it just you know deletes distorts or generalizes it so it's about making sure that you're doing things for your brain to notice the things that you want your brain to notice rather than noticing mm. the things like the cakes and mm. and what have you um and so that if that's part of then your map of the world that that's again the habits that you're going to create and the actions that you're going to do so here's a challenge for you then, Emma. Thinking about Keds and I have been on this anti-inflammatory diet for the last eight weeks. And we've done really well, haven't we? We both lost yeah. a, a significant amount of weight on it. Our friend Joe has been our coach, nutrition coach. And every week, every Wednesday, we've, we've been meeting on Zoom. It's been brilliant. And I'm comfortable. I, I can say, literally, I can count on one hand how many times I have slipped up or had something I shouldn't have had since Christmas, basically, since January. But my fear is going back out into the real world, you know, going already. My friends are like, oh, look, we can go to back to church's mansions and have that dinner that we couldn't have on the 17th of May or whenever it is. And oh, look, so like that whole week, two weeks in May, everyone wants to go out for dinner. I'm like, I don't want to go out for dinner. I just want to keep doing my, my anti-inflammatory diet. And that's what worries me is like I've got I'm really talking to myself now about how how can I build up some some resilience in me and some focus to keep saying no. What do you reckon? Give me a tip. Uh, well, I'm thinking Kedrin's more uh, qualified for this, being a Southern World consultant before. But he'll be just um, as bad as me. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you know. I, I one thing that can work really well if you are going out for a meal is to eat something healthy before. So, from a Southern World point of view, you know, eat something that's sin-free before you go out for the meal. So you're almost um a little bit full before you go out anyway so then the meal that you're going to choose is going to be you know less heavy and healthier and maybe you're not then going to feel like that dessert because you've already eaten something before you've gone out that's something that's worked for me in the past um definitely and I think 
it boils down to discipline at the end of the I know trip. that's the thing discipline oh I'm not going to pretend that I'm you know great <laughs> for discipline either. I'm quite pleased but- myself. I gave up um I gave up booze for Lent. I gave up. I've had, I've had three bottles of wine since Christmas. So, yeah. and and I and I don't feel like I'm missing it at all. But I know that I drank the three very nice bottles of wine that I had because I really wanted to drink them. And I think if I hadn't drunk them, what was it three weeks ago, whenever it was, I probably would. They'd be there in my ear going, "Come and drink me, drink me, drink me." Now they're out of the house and they're gone. They're not on my radar. So I reckon I can get through to Easter without a drink. I'm quite confident about that. But. I'm also really rubbish if someone goes, oh, go on, have a drink, go on, have a drink. Oh, I'm like, yeah, okay then. <laughs> so I do need to work on that. I'll drink, I'll drink coffee drinks. I'll stick to my red wine and gin and tonic and no cocktails, but. <laughs> well, that's an improvement. My, my advice, Lizzie, would be to write a for and against list. That's what I'd recommend to help with your resilience. And you write down all the reasons why you want to continue with your anti-inflammatory diet and how, how it's made you feel and the physical benefits you've had and all the reasons not to. And whenever you feel like temptation is coming your way and someone's going, oh, and you've been so good for this yeah. last like two months, uh, you know, one won't, won't hurt. And you're thinking, yeah, but it's not just the one, is it? It's, it's just No, like, exactly. Get out your for and against list. You can either hit them over the head with it or you <laughs> Read it. I kind of want to fall off the wagon in in style, so and and then feel really bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Suddenly eat sugary meal or something with gluten or something with dairy, and and hopefully it will make me feel so bad because at the moment I've got to that point where I've been doing it so long, it just feels natural. I feel well, I feel healthy, Good. but it's crept up on me that wellness. And so if I do something that that shocks me, back to oh no, let's let's get back on the wagon now. So we'll have a big blowout in May, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got to be kind to yourself as well. And a blowout every so often isn't yeah. going to do any harm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not every day. But if somebody wanted to find out about you and, um, you know, use your services, uh, where, where, where can we find you? So the website is inspiredlearninglimited.co.uk. Um, I've also got an Instagram page, which is Inspired Learning Limited. Uh, have, have a facebook page which is coach inspired um, and i'm on linkedin as well so um any of those those spaces really um, i do also have so if any listeners are managers themselves i do also have a free facebook group called inspiring leaders and i, I cr- actually created that in march uh, just as we went into the first lockdown last year um just to really uh support managers that initially it was created for managers that just found themselves managing remote teams all of a sudden and having to learn about that but but now as we've gone on for the 12 months it's kind of become a bit more about just general generally leading teams so you know it's a free group lots of good content in there and uh yeah so we can go on to that as well inspired leaders inspiring Um, leaders inspiring leaders right all of these details in the show notes so people can find you emma Emma, we, we've probably covered it. You've probably told us what makes you happy, but we do always ask our, our guests to tell us what makes you happy and your, your top tip for mental well-being. Um, so many things that make me happy. I think, you know, um, the usual things of spending time with friends. Um, I love walking and um, I, I, I do want to get back into my running as well because I do enjoy that. It does make me happy once I, I'm into that. I've already said spa days absolutely make me happy. Um, but also, I think it's not just the big things. It's 
the small things um, that can make you happy. And something I, I, I talk about is micro lifts and really finding small things throughout the day that can really just give you a little bit of a lift, you know, right the way from what's going to make you excited to get out of bed in the morning, which I think something we've all needed over the last 12 months at some point, um, you know, and that just might be knowing that you've got your favorite breakfast ready waiting for you. Um, but then creating, just putting small things in throughout the day that can just really perk you up. And that can just be something like, you know, a cup of coffee and your favorite biscuit. And I think it's just finding those little things that really make your heart sing and that you enjoy doing. Um, I have randomly got into doing jigsaw puzzles during lockdown mm -hmm. as well, um, because I think it's just anything that makes you happy that can make you switch off from other stuff. And, when I'm doing a jigsaw puzzle, I can go for like two hours and think, do you know what? I haven't even picked up my phone for the last two hours mm. and gone on to the dreaded doom scrolling, which we need to stop, step away from more. Um, and my top tip really is got to be exercise and fresh air because it just has so many benefits, you know, and it doesn't have to be anything strenuous. You can literally open your front door and just put one foot in front of the other and just go for uh, a nice walk. The weather's getting better now as well um and I think it's just really important to to get out and have that fresh air and especially when it comes to vitamin d as well um you know I, I, something I start doing around October time is taking vitamin d supplements mm. um because even if we do go out in the daylight in winter we're not it's not as strong so um yeah I definitely say top tip is to to just get out out of the house get some fresh air go for a walk and something I can't wait to get back into that I started um with someone else called Karen Mills in Nantwich was a walk and talk group and we used to uh, meet up on the square at 10 o'clock every every I think it was the first Sunday of every month um, and we just used to go for a two mile walk anybody was welcome to come and then we used to go for a coffee after and it's just the amount of people that started to join us on those walks that just said, you know, I live on my own, I feel isolated. And this was even before the pandemic. Um, you know, it, it was just something that made me happy as well, you know, mm. doing that and being able to, to give something back to the community. So I can't wait to get that back up and running really when, yeah. we, can, when we can walk in bigger groups again. Brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. And we're hoping you'll be involved with our uh, happy appy that we're putting together now. So we'll get you involved in our, our food and exercise week when we uh, when we deliver our Happiness Hub uh, app, which will be coming soon. So I think that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. And it's still daylight. So I can go for a quick walk. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Emily. Lovely to meet you. And you. Take care. You're listening to The Happiness Hub, part of the Redshift Community Podcast Network with me, Liz Parkin. And me, Kedron Elliott. Every episode, we'll share top tips on how to get happy and stay happy. So listen in, get involved and be happy.